Right-wing media thinks the president's dog is dirty and unlike a presidential dog. This is TFG Unbuttoned. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. An off-the-cuff take on politics, pop culture, and current events. Welcome to TFG Unbuttoned. John Nash here with my good friend and co-host Tim Bennett. Find us every Tuesday on your podcast platform of choice and be sure to check in on Wednesdays for the Focus Group Live, uh, 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Facebook and YouTube. And of course, focusgroupradio.com is the URL for everything Focus Group related, Unbuttoned and the main show, Focus Group. And we want to give a very big thanks to Critics' Choice Video, America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987. And they've been with Unbuttoned since we launched the podcast a few years ago. So thanks for having them on board. We're going to talk about them a little later in the podcast, broadcast, whatever we want to call this thing. And uh, welcome to the new week. Right before our recording began, Tim had a bit of a ghost scare down in uh, Philadelphia. I'm still, and you are I'm still unnerved by the whole thing. You're yeah. rattled. You're ra- and you are, you are not, um, you're not unaware of these things because your last you, one of your first houses in Philly, you had a really strange <laughs> setup. I mean, there was something going on there because people, other people, experienced, you know, things that happened there. And you never felt threatened though in the old house, right? No, I mean, I had things that happened to me, but I never saw anything. But I had friends that uh, refused to come visit me because they actually saw people in my bed and actually had experience seeing things. I never saw anything, but I felt. You know, the bed was shaken, sort of that sort of thing. But yeah, right before the broadcast here, I had you and I were talking. Spike went a little bit um, crazy running around. And then I heard footsteps as if somebody had come in the house and was walking around. And I interrupted our conversation and I was like, hello, hello, can I help you? Can I help you? And I and I got up. I thought, who could have gotten in my house and was walking around? And I was really quite scared. And um, Spike was of no help. And, um, <laughs> well, he, he, he let his displeasure be known that there, well, he was, he was uncomfortable. He thought something might be going on. And it, you know, from the person who's listening, so I'm hundreds of like a couple hundred miles away, whatever in, uh, New York. And I'm hearing Tim get more and more anxious and I'm hearing things coming through the microphone. Cause we, we were literally setting up to record and you walk around, hello, is someone here? Like, are you, you know? It was kind of it was scary. It was an interesting way to start a week, right? Yeah, and then I and then we you said, um, "Are you okay?" And I thought, well, I don't want to sit here with my back to the to the doorways because <laughs> you know even when we were at SiriusXM, I refused to sit with my back to the doorway. Remember, I always had this, this kind of odd true. thing. So I've got two entrances to this office I'm in with my back. So you're like, well, why don't you check it out? So I went upstairs. I looked in all the closets. I took this spear that I got when I was in Africa. What was I going to do with it? I don't know. Am I going to impale somebody with it? So I took this little spear that I picked up on the, uh, you know, Serengeti or whatever. And I'm up there looking around. Spike wouldn't go upstairs with me. So I was poking around <laughs> through the closet. So I don't know. May, I, I heard something. I, what what it was, it was, it's to me sounded like footsteps walking around in the house. So I don't know. Um, I don't know what it was. Wasn't the TV. TV wasn't on. I don't know. Maybe it was you. Was were you walking around? <laughs> no, no. I'm just sitting here staring at the. Is Bob the there? Was Bob walking around? Did I hear Bob's footsteps? Maybe through the mic. No, he was just uh, he was just sitting and doing his work in the. In the Bob could be a heavy walker. His office. 
There you go. And then Tim sits to back down. He goes, there's someone with heavy boots. Yeah. That was weird. Heavy boots walking around. Anyway, so there it goes. So there you have, hey, you know, um, we all wipe our brow and we say, okay, time to time to get the show on the road. Yeah. So uh, this week we got a couple stories for you. They are not ghost related or um, visitors from the the other plane, the astral plane. They are more mundane and in some ways, you know, um, in, in their in their mundanity is that how you would say that they're also a bit unusual so our first one is uh there's a gay camp in michigan that's under fire for issuing genital requirements so camp boomerang a new gay men oriented they were very specific about that uh camp near orleans michigan has come under fire for discrimination and it hasn't even opened yet Owners of the camp declared on social media that transgender men will not be allowed on the campground. And here's a statement from one of the um, Brian Quinn, who's the owner of Boomerang on Facebook. Camp Boomerang is a private membership only RV park campground that allows only guys. And he put that in quotes. And then he says a guy in terms of this discussion is defined as a person with a penis who presents himself as male and has a state issued ID that says male. We understand this statement, unfortunately, may not make everyone happy, but feel it needs to be clarified. Um, you know, I read this and I read it again. <laughs> and I really am scratching my head about why that would be a requirement. And then later on, they talk about how if you want to go skinny dipping or something, you don't want to shock people or it. I suppose since it's private, they, did they have the right to do this? Is that where is that where I'm? Is, did you get that, too? Yeah, and I I don't know where I fall on this. I I I guess it's similar to you know the male bathhouses, right? And and maybe that's maybe it's not a fair comparison, but if it's a male only bathhouse, I I don't know. I I was trying to think. For instance, my boat club that I belong to, um, there's because of the way the the laws are in the in the city. There's one that's all an all female boathouse, and it's allowed to exist because there's an all male boathouse. If one of us decides to admit uh, uh, someone of a, a different gender, then the other boathouse will be forced to mix gender as well. So right now, actually, the women's boathouse always begs us to say, "Please do not accept women," because they like the fact that they're a women's only club. <laughs> Isn't and, that funny? That that probably is a back channel thing, right? Yeah, and we jump. actually are fine. Only we we just don't have the room. We don't have the we don't have an extra bathroom. Separate facilities. Right? We don't have separate yeah. facilities. And so I was thinking of this same issue. We have a big. We don't have private showers, so we have one big shower, and it's all men. And I was trying to think, and men are walking around nude like they do in men's locker rooms. And I thought, if there was a, would it be uncomfortable if there was a trans? person in there a trans male in there i don't know i i and, and, and i guess that's where i'm this to me sounds like this is though this is more of uh let's be honest what this is right this is probably a nudist sort of sex thing isn't it i think so i think so and i'm with you the only the best thing i can say and it might be um milk toast to some if they hear me say it this way is this opens the door for further conversation about um how can this can this be made to be more accommodating, et cetera, et cetera. I don't want to jump on either side. Right off the bat, you would not normally like say, oh my God, this is, it's transphobic. It's all these things. Um, the guy 
the guy clearly when he wrote the statement knew he was going to come under some kind of a you know attack for it maybe not quite the ferocity he's expecting or seeing now but I don't know. I think it's it's one of those discussion things, and I don't know that I have an opinion on it. Well, you way. do have an opinion because you remember many years ago, you and I had a discussion with somebody who was a trans male, and they were struggling with dating, and they were gay. And the issue was a lot of times gay men want to date another male and would like the anatomy of what is perceived to be male anatomy, right? Correct, Yeah. And that was an issue. Yeah. And you know what? And that's, and that is something that is sort of inescapable. I don't know um, how people navigate that. And I think that's one of those very, very super difficult things. Um, right. If a male is attracted so, to a male with a penis, that's what they're attracted to, right? So that's I what mean, they're attracted yeah, to. And, yeah. And so you're not being, it's, it's not that you're being prejudiced or that you're being um, discriminatory that's just what your your preference is it, it reminds me many years ago when people didn't want straight people going to gay bars yeah yeah so i i, I remember in fact you know if you had straight friends back in the let's say 90s to a gay bar they they were not shunned but it was they were they were definitely um not the norm it was they were the oddity in the gay bar right oh yeah my <laughs> friend chris used to get furious he's like i don't want to have to guess get out you have your own places get out of here i don't want to have to guess <laughs> And they have their own places like 10 yeah. times greater than our yeah. places. So. so so that was our first piece. The second, which I teased at the uh, the top of the uh, the show today, is their um, Newsmax host, Greg Kelly, uh, said Biden's dog on a recent broadcast on, on Newsmax, he said Biden's dog champ looks like it's from the junkyard. And then a guest on Kelly's show said champ looks dirty and disheveled and unlike a presidential dog. I just thought that is this is this really where we're going lately with politics that is the German shepherd looks messy. I mean, I thought champ looked fine. Well, so champ is a German shepherd, right? Mm -hmm. And um and the Bidens have two dogs, champ and I believe the other one's major. Major is a rescue, the first rescue dog in the White House. But I guess they're looking for something. I mean, they're trying to do anything they can to talk about how how bad Biden is. I've not watched Newsmax. Is that something I can get on the cable? Possibly. Although I've been, it's, it's like a far right, you yeah. know, far right media outlet. Um, I haven't seen it on our network, so I don't know if it's on yours. But they talk about how Millie, which, you know, the, the Bush had and, and uh, some of the other dogs that were in the white house. I think there was, uh, there was um, with Millie was, was that the dog for uh, the first Bush family? I think so. Yeah, they had Millie, and and there were other, you know, other dogs along the way. Buddy, I think the uh, the Clintons had, and uh, they're like, you know, this dog doesn't look presidential, but um, you know, I think it's great that there's dogs back in the White House because guess what? I think this president, uh, the last president that we had, I don't think had any animals besides his children uh, in the White House. And um, if you don't like dogs, you don't like pets, cats. It says something about you, in my opinion. He didn't even have a cat, <laughs> right? I mean, they had a goldfish. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I think that uh, I think that when you're when you're dealing with um, the president's dog as a talking point on a on a news show, right. um, and you're trying to score points against the administration because the dog looks unkempt or something, I'm. That, that's pretty that's almost below the bottom right. of the barrel the dirty opinion, the dog was dirty disheveled unlike a presidential dog it's unkept it's not being taken care of for almost 
like it was saying that, you know, he's, he's not worthy. He can't take care of a dog. How's he taking care of the country is kind of, I guess, where they were going, right? What was it that Greg Kelly says? Did you see the dog? Now, by the way, this is the son of police commissioner Kelly from New oh, York Oh, it City. is? I didn't realize and, that. And Greg Kelly used to be over on, it was like um, a morning show here in the city before he moved on to this, this shtick. He says, did you see the dog? I wanted to show you something I noticed. Doesn't he look a little rough? I love dogs, but this dog needs a bath and a comb and all kinds of love and care, which which goes against the picture that's literally provided with this article of Jill Biden, like sitting down on the grass next to the dog, like holding his leg and petting him. And he looks completely like, you know, happy, just ridiculous. It's it's again, it's uh, let's go after everything, including the dog. <laughs> and our last, by, by piece, the way, John, I just, I don't know yeah. if you heard that. I just, I just doused the room with the Linda Lauren, the vibe spray. <laughs> you know what? That was a smart idea. Get those yeah, energy get things, you know, get, 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 get. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All right. So our last um, piece uh, is about Facebook and the headline reads, Facebook employee called inflated ad metrics deeply wrong. And in a lawsuit, he accuses the company of misleading about audience reach. Now, this, this is really fascinating because, you know, Facebook and some of these other platforms base all their rates for advertising on the accounts they're reaching and the people that are supposedly clicking in and and doing what they're doing while they're, uh, you know, browsing the site. But in actuality, Facebook has a problem that's been there since probably day one, and that's a huge number of fake and duplicate accounts, which are being put into the the metric system for how they're charging clients, you know, the whatever algorithms they're using. But of course, if it's fake or it's duplicate, then you're really not reaching a human being, but someone's paying to do it. This This doesn't surprise me. Um, you and I in advertising and marketing uh, for years, one of our biggest challenges was trying to wrap our head around the Nielsen ratings or um, specs or, you know, surveys and stuff on magazine readership or the the, the actual um, circulation <laughs> the numbers. Out and Advocate was famous, right? 120,000. Always. Every, it was like for a decade, That's that, that was their number. And so we're, we're not... Um, we're no strangers to metrics. You know, what do you say? Oh, I love your line, Tim. Uh, figures lie and liars figure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> figures lie so and you liars could, you figure. Know, like you, you could do a lot with statistics and numbers, but um, if you were buying media on Facebook and you did not suspect that this might be a case, then I think you're not doing your job correctly. Or you're very young, and I don't mean to be insulting, and you just buy the numbers they're giving you without any background information or someone saying, Hey, by the way, we always take a number and take 10% off because we think they're inflating. You know what we had, we had internal things like that. Did you guys do that? Well, all of digital is a huge mystery, I think, and, and social and you and I struggle with it because you and I are a lot more pragmatic about how people use things. And, and that was always a chore with us. Even when we were, we're on satellite radio because you could never get an honest answer as to, you know, it could be measured. But people didn't necessarily want to measure it. They would always use ridiculous numbers like with the potential of 22 million people. And that was it for every radio was tuned into your channel at that time at that hour, right? Yeah, which, which was right. never going right. to happen. And then there's the impressions and there's the reach. And every time we get an agency to ask us about the show, it's it's difficult because we can see what was downloaded, but a lot of people don't download. People may just play. Or they may just stream it. Stream. Or yeah. you could have three people listening together. or And then the time shifting comes in. It, it's, there, there's so many variables now 
it becomes so difficult to try to measure any of these things. And um, it, it was the same we used to talk about with just playing network TV, right? It, it was, uh, mm-hmm. it was, you would want, you would want things directionally. What was the, the, the line I used to use? How many, how many cars when we used to do advertising, how many cars did we sell in the third quarter of the football game on Sunday when we ran the 32nd ad? <laughs> no one could answer you. <laughs> well, you don't, but an accountant wants to, right? What was my return on the investment? Well, if I also, if I was running that ad, plus I had print ads running, plus I was doing events, plus I had an auto show, plus we had all these other things that were happening, dealer promotions. And we had a great quarter that for that, you know, time of measurement of sales, something we did of all of those things in the mix was successful. So keep doing more of those things. And so that's why I always said it was directional because you can never really just pinpoint one, one specific thing, but, and that's what happens with Facebook. How many times have you and I done an ad or something and it, you're going to reach 8,000 people. And then, you know, it was 600. And, uh, you know, I'm glad you said that. And for a lot of, uh, a lot of you, uh, listening, uh, today, if you own your own business, if you're um, a small business owner, you're a freelance, uh, you know, it remind you, you you have to kind of be smart about how you want to promote yourself and how you want to, um, you know, spend your money. But just be aware that you know the ad, you know if you do a media plan and you or you, you let's do you, let's say you do a Facebook buy, just in the back of your head say to yourself, you know, it's the old was it was it Wanamaker who said that you know fifty percent of you know fifty percent of my spending works the other 50 i don't yeah, know No, i waste 50 percent. 50 percent of the money i spend in advertising is wasted i just don't know what 50 percent yeah yeah what i love about that quote though is the acknowledgement that he's still going to be spending yeah. it he just doesn't he can't pinpoint where the leaks are and to think that digital gives you these precision me- metrics is ridiculous by the way if that were the case we did it uh, years ago we, we were going to launch the um, a new wrx a version of the wrx and the agency and you heard this too the agency's like you know what you know you better build a new factory yeah. you've told the story <laughs> based on the likes and everything you better build a new factory and you're like really no you know because our other data our sales data actually that comes in from the dealership says no this is the amount of cars we're going to sell we're not going to sell triple that just because people like well we experienced it with volkswagen with the super bowl ad with the the star wars the um the kid with the remember the remote control the star wars ad with the kid yep you know that was the greatest super bowl ad of all time for an auto in terms of the hundreds of millions of impressions and if you went and and the reaction and the people who watched it and and if you went by that metrics, right, you'd have to build another factory. You're going to have so much demand for the new Passat. Well, guess what? They're not even making it anymore. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, <laughs> so buyer, caveat emptor, buyer beware. Yeah. I guess that's the, uh, the overriding art thing for that article is caveat emptor, buyer beware. All right. As uh, many of you know, as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, Critics' Choice Video, America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987, is a partner of ours here on TFG Unbuttoned. I would love you to start shopping at their site by going to rsfocusgroupradio.com and clicking on the Critics' Choice Video logo. When you get there to the homepage, go up to the upper left, and if you're so inclined, get yourself a catalog sent to you. Um, they do it every five weeks or so. It's, to me, the ultimate in, in nonlinear shopping, and it takes me back to the days when the catalogs used to come in and you'd flip through and say, I want that, or I didn't know they made that. Um, before I let Tim figure out what he saw in here, I did see a release that's coming out literally today when this, uh, when, uh, unbuttoned releases, which is the 23rd and, um, it's called the last Vermeer. Now I- I'm assuming that because of, of the event, 
and uh, all the movie theaters in some states being open, some not. Um, this would have been a movie that would have been an art house movie, I think. Um, and it's about uh, the aftermath of World War II and the return of pilfered treasures. And it stars um, Guy Pierce, who I like a great deal, and, a, and it's a good cast. But I, I always like peer, uh, movies that take that that bent of whatever happened to all the art treasures of Europe during World War II, because there's some really great movies about that. But what did you like? You know, I, I there's a um, there's a sale going on right now, and it's so there's a there's many sales going on right now. But the one that I gravitated to was save up to forty five percent on TV and comedy, and I had bought this through Critics Choice uh, a number of years ago, and um, it looks like it's on sale at even a better price now. And um, it's the I Love Lucy, the complete series. So all 194 series on, um, I think it's 33 discs and uh, for under $40. And so if whoa, you're- Whoa, whoa, whoa. I just saw it too. It's it's the whole thing, right? Yeah. So if you're a fan of I Love Lucy and uh, who isn't, um, you know, it used to be on all the time. It's not anymore. They've, they've taken it off mm. the Hallmark Channel. They've taken it off a bunch of places, but here's a great opportunity to get it. And I don't know how many times I'll say, you know, I know exactly what's going to happen. I'm not going to laugh. And you end up laughing. It, it, um, <laughs> and, you know, she was brilliant. in, and you've mentioned this before, many times you don't know what, maybe unless they had a winter coat on or something, you really never knew what time of year it was, what was happening, perhaps politically. There might be a few things, but there's never really talk about politics or politicians or anything to that regard like they do now with sitcoms. If you watch Designing Women, for instance, or Murphy Brown, they don't hold up well. Um, I, I think some of the jokes kind of fall flat unless you really knew that time what was going on. They're, they're kind of tough. I've watched some recently, and they're, they're kind of tough to, uh, to digest if you didn't know exactly what was happening when they make references to Dan Quayle or some of the other things that were happening. So, um, But anyway, I, I like the I Love Lucy complete series on DVD, so I thought that was a, a good buy. But um, so head over to focusgroupradio.com and please click on the Critics' Choice video logo. They've been a partner with ours since we started on TFG Unbuttoned. And as we say, it's uh, America's classic TV, uh, movie and TV authority since 1987. And we appreciate all of you who support them because they support us. And if not for Critics' Choice video, we would not be able to join you every Tuesday. So uh, thanks again to our friends at Critics' Choice Video. Thanks to all of you for listening to us. Be sure to catch our show every Wednesday, which is the Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Find all about John and I, as well as all of our media housed at focusgroupradio.com. Everybody have a great week. I'm going to go look for the ghost. So take care. Bye-bye. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Available every Tuesday. Learn more about Tim and John, Unbuttoned, and all of the Focus Group platforms at focusgroupradio.com.